Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fireside Chat Show with Arnav Jain. I'm your host Arnav, and today we're going to interview Mr. Abhishek, who uh, who is an art coordinator at the Gateway School of Mumbai. <laughs> so, sir, how are you doing today? Hi, hi, Arnav. Hi, Pura. Hi, Rita. I'm good. I'm good, boys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well, sir. Sir, let's just get to our questions. So, what inspired you to become a teacher? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think uh, my initial source of uh, inspiration uh, were my own school teachers, who were quite, I would say, influential in shaping up my personality and my intellect in my school days and of course seeing the art program and my own art teacher in my school uh, build a, a build a kind of uh, uh, an aptitude for uh, art i wouldn't say teaching but an aptitude for art i wasn't sure what career i would make in the art but uh, in the following years i think when i started interacting more with children uh, both in formal and informal spaces i started teaching in 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 whatever capacity i think uh, i started believing that education is my calling and uh, that's how an individual gets to drive change or you know uh, contribute towards uh, a bigger vision of uh, of uh, nation building or educating young minds and that's also a way of it's constantly a two way process you know i am also learning so much from my students so that that's very much what uh, encouraged me to choose this profession oh okay. and uh, so you you were first like you were at the starting in art profession why was why did you make the change to like uh, coming into the teaching profession from art profession like you could have been an artist but then you decided to come and teach us i think uh, the skill sets that are required to uh, be a professional or a commercial artist and the skill sets that are required uh, to be a teacher are different but also they intersect a lot so uh, both these fields are not like mutually exclusive and the reason i say this is because uh, and i and i say this because each of them informs the other you know one informs the other uh, like a good artist would really hold uh, the intellect and the skills you know a good practicing artist artist would be potentially a teacher you know where they are making artwork they are producing new work and they now they decide to pass it on uh, to the next person uh, and the same way a good art teacher would also require to be a good artist at the same time because unless and until you are have your own creative practice you have your own artistic practice where you are reading you are researching you are involved into a creative practice or a studio practice you cannot do justice to your classroom to your to your studio where you are working with children so uh, i actually did not choose it it was not a choice it's i still believe i do both in different capacities i work full time as an art teacher art is an art educator 
but at the same time i try and give enough time contribute enough time to my own personal practice as an artist and uh, both of them inform each other so my creative practice where i read i interact with a lot of artists i read about different contemporary artists the kind of work that's been created now the kind of exhibitions that are happening and i take all that knowledge into my classroom and in, in, in teaching my students and the same way you know whatever knowledge i generate in school while teaching i take that into the museum space or the gallery space in my interaction in my engagement in whatever way with artists curators you know what's happening with art education so yeah uh, it's a very interesting space and it's a privilege in fact to be able to work in both the sectors wow so what inspired you to teach art to uh, young students okay so you mean like my students uh, just generally does that does that question incline yeah. more towards my student or just generally the young population no, no. towards your students like okay. uh, for example the igcse batch like because it says that you you have also taught in igcse arts curriculum so like what yeah i i teach part of the art and design curriculum apart from the general art education at school uh, i think uh, I, you know every profession every individual when they get into a profession they have a vision they have an underlying belief that drives their practice my underlying belief as an art educator is every student is inherently creative and they are capable of making art now that doesn't have to fit into a certain bracket or certain kind of uh, assessment and it doesn't have to be defined by that neither it has to be a particular form that you know people approve of you can be creative in a known way your own way and everyone is inherently creative and because of this underlying belief because in the first place i believe something like this it makes my uh, job a little easier to trust my children and what really drives me is uh, the ideas that i get from say if i'm teaching a class of 10 students uh i have them different set of ideas in the classroom of how one thing could be done each one could have a different approach each one could uh you know bring up different set of challenges in doing the task and each one would have a different approach approach in finding a solution to the task you know art making is problem solving so yeah. that is what uh, actually you know inspires me to continue being in my profession and continue teaching oh yeah so this year has been tough and even last year was tough so what uh, what accomplishment fills you with pride so far this year okay i would say i would say uh, teaching online teaching virtually if that counts because uh, i feel like none of the teachers i and I, i don't speak for everyone i would speak for myself because that would become generalizing Yeah. I think I I our teachers were not or I was not trained to teach online you know no one has ever taught online we have we have interacted online with our students earlier uh, we have uh, uh, we have done like a one stand alone class or you know you're in there but I think teaching an entire curriculum online I think that's that's a very uh, I think humongous task that uh, I could I could uh, attempt this year and I could i was successful to an extent i would say you know teaching a subject like visual arts online is challenging because it's uh, we do not have the studio set up at home students do not have the resources that they might need to you know make art material 
so working with whatever existing material we have at home and making it work uh, i think that was my biggest uh, achievement this year i would say and you know like running a successful arts program this year as a coordinator you know a music drama and visual arts program so yeah if that counts yeah like that's a big accomplishment for everyone one whole year virtually it's... yeah so sir you have been i i assume you have been teaching art and you have been teaching in general uh, for quite some time so according to you what is the best thing and the worst thing about being a teacher okay so i i think the the worst thing is i worst thing in general i would speak in general uh, is i don't think so personally i do not think so teachers receive the kind of recognition or receive the kind of mainstream recognition i would say you know that they should receive forget about uh, forget about uh, any kind of economic uh, uh, recognition or any other kind of recognition but in general just the kind of key work teachers do even like if we see uh, the current crisis covid crisis the education continues uh, as it is you know even if it's in the virtual format uh, i think teachers are trying very best and institutions are especially trying so hard to not compromise on the quality of education and uh, who ensures that the teachers ensures that the teachers make teachers make sure that you know the quality of the curriculum is not uh, compromised and you know the same kind of quality is uh, you know provided to the students the students learn the exams are done so i think that uh, understanding and that uh, uh, you know kind of uh, uh, recognition that teachers need is something that you know will take time it's not there it's there but it's not to an extent of what they deserve and i yeah. think the best part about being a teacher if you ask me i think uh, it would be it's a very proactive career so i think the best part is the learning i mean you, you we are called so called teachers but i think teaching is not a one way thing it's not like uh, filling in an empty uh, uh, bucket you pouring into a bucket and a student is a bucket and you're pouring into knowledge you know it's also learning so you know uh, it's it's a challenging uh, curriculum if you think so and if your approach of teaching is is that way and it's a challenging curriculum uh, challenging uh, profession where you are challenge to go back and research your challenge to understand like for example uh the way i taught art 8 years ago or 10 years ago when i started i do not teach the same way so uh, you know you have to upgrade you have to upgrade your skills you have to uh, at the same time you have to catch up with uh, the current culture that the students are exposed to the kind of yeah. exposure that students have to the kind of culture they have the kind of technological uh, exposure that they have and you know how does a teacher catch up with that how does a teacher leverage the content with the way a student would learn so that's the most fun part about the profession you know you get to do research you get to read a lot if you want to and if you get to interact with other like minded professionals to uh, develop and innovate new methods so yeah that's the best part about being a teacher for me at least so so if you could grow up in any decade which decade would you choose you could take this from any perspective your arts perspective or like any perspective in general i think uh, in in general uh, 90s i am a 90s uh, kid and uh, 
I would I would love to grow up in the 90s and you know go back in the 90s. I reminisce the 90s a lot of times because I grew up in Bombay, and uh, it was it was uh, it was it were very simple times. I think very uh, not so complicated, no tech. I think uh, going out a lot with my cousins, with, uh, with my friends, uh, playing a lot on the playground, not on like video games. Uh, Yes, we did play video games, but I think video games were in a very premature stage back then. You, know, yeah. you had those big games, and you had those uh, early consoles that you know you could connect to the television, and you know those were like a luxury for us to be able to play during the summers. No one had a gadget on their, uh, you know, uh, in their hands through the day or iPads. So I think much simpler times and uh, a lot of fun. You know, just being excited about school. So nineties is something. Yeah, I would like to go back for life again. I said, you're not the only person who's come in this, uh, in this uh, video, or if people are viewing it as a podcast, to say that '90s is one of the best decade to live. I am not surprised. I'm not surprised. Majority that. of the people you've interviewed tell me like '90s. I am a '90s person. Nice, yeah. like it's nice. Though. So, if you could pass on a wisdom to your students, like what would you like to share with them? I. I always tell my students, irrespective of whatever profession you choose after school or whatever you decide to study after high school, I think uh, it's, it's important for you to read. Reading is something that is very underestimated, you know, or seen as something as a wastage of time. You know, develop a habit for reading because any profession that you go on later, well, any profession, you know, go into the the business discipline or you know the art domain, the management domain, any any other kind of act. Thing, you want to become a banker. I think there is no substitute to new knowledge, and new knowledge comes through reading. I know you would argue that you know, but I can also uh, get knowledge via other mediums like YouTube and uh, videos and stuff. But I think reading in itself is is a very uh, strong medium to educate yourself and you know to learn about. Uh, someone's perspective learn about someone's style of writing way of thinking you know so reading is something i encourage my students to do and also to have enjoy whatever you are doing you know it's so important to develop this habit a mindful habit i would say to really enjoy whatever you are doing so maybe spending 15 minutes with your friend talking about something uh, cycling you know going out uh, we don't go out now during covid but you know interacting with a friend for 5 minutes on a phone call about some topic be passionate about it be curious be passionate about the topic that you are interested if you are interested in gadgets if you are interested in sports soccer be extremely passionate be so passionate that you know you read you you research about that particular discipline inside out you you learn about the people who are making a change in that particular profession like if you are interested about soccer i expect you to know who's the best soccer player in the world who earns the most amount of money who has the most fan following which team does he play for that's very preliminary information but what drives that person to be the kind of sports person that you admire why do you admire that kind of sports you know what are the qualities that the person inherently has outside the uh, the playground you know what 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 makes them uh, a human So I think yeah. uh, being passionate in depth about a subject is something that I encourage my students to do. Nice. So, sir, you've been working for a long time. What was your first job, and did you like 
did you like it absolutely i loved all my jobs so far i think the one job has led led to the other so i remember my first job was at 19 at the age of 19 i worked for a, a art organization i was interning during the summer and i remember my first i think first job if i had to recall my first my first ever job i would say the first job i ever did i very very well remember it on the first day i was supposed to uh, put some posters for an event i was supposed to travel uh, across bombay uh, at different uh, locations you know that hosted art events and i was supposed to put posters and uh, i think my boss back then asked me to procure some stationery for the office so i remember uh, that was my first instruction that i received that was my first ever paid job that i did in my life i enjoyed it i absolutely enjoyed it so you enjoyed your first job like, we we've, we've gotten a mis- mixed reaction from people when they did like uh, for majority of the people it was that our first job was nice we got to explore a career and then we finally went into that career oh that happened for me as well so my first job had nothing to do with what i'm doing right now or the profession that i choose later my first job was purely uh, out of a need to not be at home and go out and see the world you know go out and uh, do something uh, or any kind of job and uh, i was fortunate enough to find something within the arts industry but uh, this was an organization that trained people and theater artists and then i went and interned with them so that was my first ever the first job and that led to another job with another same object like an identical organization later at 21 you know when i was studying so one thing that i have always done throughout my life is i have always studied and worked simultaneously it's never been a chance of like you know only going to college and studying and then you know moving on to uh to taking up a job so yeah so sir you have told us the best thing and the worst thing about being a teacher what is actually the hardest part about being a teacher okay so i think yeah i think the it's a it's a common misconception that a teaching is a 9 to 5 job it used to be the way okay so we have to understand this so uh, we have to understand the the education system in brief to understand why it's teaching is a challenging job and why it's a hard job okay so the way our education system is designed to function especially in india or across the globe in many countries and i think it's on the path of progression now a lot of education systems are yeah. progressing and when i say education system it involves an ecosystem of school curriculum uh, parents uh, the way educational boards everything the government the way the government thinks i think uh the way the education earlier the system was designed was for the industry to serve the industrialization or, or the industrial revolution i would say where we were churning out uh, uh, you know people who could take up a 9 to 5 job so the content and the curriculum that was being taught was very much you know related to uh specific disciplines or you know maths you need physics you need science you need uh computers when computers were invented or you need to know certain skills you need to know the depth of a content but now i think education is more towards problem solving because the skills that one needs in this century have changed so now it's no longer just understanding and taking in content now and applying it now it's critically applying it now it's critically analyzing the problem and then you know picking out something from what you have learned so that's what education trains uh, students now or education does or that should be the role of education now uh, what yeah. has happened 
that has resulted in teaching no longer being a nine to five job. I'm not saying it used to be a nine to five job, but now it has reached a point where it is no, if you see teaching as a nine to five job, you wouldn't be able to do justice in an ideal situation to any school or any institution. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do I mean? You know, teaching happens in school between nine to five, that way of saying, but I think the planning, assessments, a lot of workload that teachers have, which involves assessments, planning, collaboration between them, other teachers, meeting uh, uh, outside people, other stakeholders, all that happens, you know, within school hours, but a lot of that work, chunk of work goes outside school hours also. So yeah. teachers, is, teaching is one profession, you know, uh, one of the professions where you're working down the clock, you know, you are, you are preparing for the next day, you're preparing for the next week, you're planning in advance. So I think uh, that's, that's the little tough part of the job. And I think people who yeah. can sail through that and understand that. And many professions have the same thing. I think it's no longer a nine to five culture with most of the professions. Yeah. So, sir, you, uh, you are a nineties, you're a nineties guy. So what are the learning differences you find between the way you learn and the way we are learning? Oh, so are you talking about art or are you talking about generally education? Generally education, or you can talk about art as well if you want. So I, I studied at a school, I studied at a convent school, uh, which was, uh, funded by a trust you know somewhere in uh, uh, other part the trust based another part of india the school was in bombay and i studied at a convent school where i had 60 to 70 other children in the class with me wow. you know three students sitting on a desk uh, uh, on, a, on a on a bench on a desk and uh, uh, 70 children in one class so you can imagine like working in that environment so it's not like we got one-on-one -on -one attention or you know we got kind of accommodation where we kind of special privileges in school so it was a kind of a different school scenario and most of our, our generation i think studied that way the education system progressed in the last two decades uh and i think what if we're talking about art i think art i don't know one paid attention to art in school i'm talking from the from what students are learning perspective not students students of course were interested in learning art I think uh, we have exceptional uh, creative people, uh, uh, professionals now, you know, you're working in different industries uh, who are a result of a certain schooling or a certain teacher or a certain program that benefited towards making them successful. So teachers, students were already interested, but I think many, it was not paid, like drawing was synonymous to art in my school. Like if you spoke about art, people would think about a drawing class with uh, two-dimensional drawing and you draw different themes and uh, no exams and uh, the most fun part and the craft we had craft in school where we had the craft teacher at my school so now it has dramatically changed the way i learned art the way i teach art now is, is dramatically changed now it's more of uh, a personal attention to the student where programs have changed programs have become more interactive and more experiential yeah. where you get to experiment where you uh, learn to work on different contemporary topics you know you work you're not no longer just painting you're you're thinking about a theme you're exploring a theme you're asking questions you are you're researching about an artist uh Ritam here has done igcse art who's on a panel of uh, people who are interviewing today and he's he kind second that because he's done an intensive igcse grade 10th curriculum you know you are uh, making artwork on different themes and you're researching so much you're reading so 
I think that's the fun part. That's something that has changed, and it's changed to good. Yeah. So, sir, we have we have completed one full year of virtual schooling. So, as of now, what do you prefer, virtual schooling or physical schooling? I think, of course, physical schooling because uh, physical schooling. Uh, as if i had to ever debate with someone over virtual or physical schooling i think i would be on the side of the uh, i would side physical school with physical schooling because uh, social interaction and group interaction the social aspect is a big part of education you know you go to school for a reason not just to educate and learn something but the social fabric that you get you know yeah. with interacting with your peers with your teachers with outside people uh communicating on your way to school you know how you travel on your way to school in a in a in a bus or a van and going to the school uh learning a big part about how to have appropriate social behaviors or you know etiquettes all that could happen in school and I'm, i'm not saying it cannot be done online but there are of course restrictions and there are limitations when one thinks about those things uh, online i think personally as a human being i'm frustrated with the whole online uh, learning bit because uh up beyond the limitations i think it's it's kind of it's also a challenge because as teachers you are constantly asked to invent and reinvent how you are presenting curriculum online you it yeah. takes a lot of energy out of me when i'm teaching online versus when i would be at school in a physical setting uh, i would expend the energy but i'm more in control of my energy of how much i would engage with the child you know in a group setting how much energy how much do i have to talk what is the pitch of my voice how here i have to you know talk loudly so that affects a lot like other things like you know so i think i would go with uh, physical schooling over virtual schooling at any given point of time like the majority people we have uh, intimate here that was physical schooling because of the social factor in it yes yes So sir I think you joined Gateway about 5 years back 5 6 years back if I'm not wrong Yes I joined Gateway in 2016 Yeah so our viewers want to know how did you get the opportunity to join Gateway Well that's a very interesting story uh, I feel very proud to share it with every time I get talk about it uh, I so the uh, the former art teacher at Gateway Ms Neha Bhat very fantastic uh, artist and she's an art teacher and an art therapist very very well known art therapist uh, uh, now she yeah. used to uh, be the art therapist at gateway uh, before i joined and uh, she's a, she happens to be a friend of mine a very old friend of mine and uh, i used to come and uh, see the annual art showcase so gateway uh, gateway is known for its art showcase you know the flagship art showcase where Uh, it raises money uh, 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 by collaborating with industry professionals, and so I used to yeah. come and support Neha's work as a fellow uh, art teacher and artist and a friend, of course. Uh, I think in 2016, I, I remember I was back from a project. I was working as a freelancer for a year, couple of years, and uh, I was doing a teaching assignment uh, with another organization. And I was back in Bombay, and around the same time the show was happening, so I got a uh invite from her and i had decided to go and see the show and uh, i briefly had spoken to miss neha a couple of months before that you know asking her if i'm looking for opportunities to work uh, you know and around the same time i think it all just fell into place at the right time uh, she was about to leave for uh, uh she was about to leave the school to go and uh, 
continue her education so um, the role was offered to me i think the position was offered to me uh, and uh, yeah i just uh, just uh, accepted it took it took it on and uh, since then i think it's been just amazing being a good thing Uh, nice to know, sir. So, sir, you are an artist, and uh, like I'm pretty sure you might have done some specialization in a single kind of art, or very, or uh, you might have done a multi-discipline. So, which is your favorite form of art? I so if you ask me in a very broad uh, sense, I think I'm a yeah. big fan of cinema followed by theater because I think. uh cinema is one of the most i think profound and uh, the strongest medium of storytelling which can because of its scale and because of its reach you know it can influence uh a wider audience of, for any kind of uh, theme or issue that the movie can uh, you know work on uh as an art form within the visual arts uh, umbrella i think i am a big fan of puppetry because requires a certain level of uh, training and patience and uh, skill set you know i'm not saying uh, other forms don't require but i think puppetry personally is my favorite because of uh, it, it 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 involves the artist the creative self their body and uh, the space i think and uh, it's it's getting another uh, object it's getting another uh, non living object to tell a story through your own body and through your uh, i think voice and uh, body work it's fantastic so yeah those are my two favorite uh, art forms so sir uh, now we come to the end of the questions and we have another round coming up which is the rapid fire round so i'll just uh, give you a brief instruction about the rapid fire round they're going to ask you 10 questions and uh if you want you can be brief about them okay or you can or you can uh, give us explanation if you want sir okay so uh let's just get to it this so, what is your favorite art piece uh the great uh, the great wave uh, by the japanese artist kokusai uh, yeah and uh, a couple of works by picasso which includes uh A French photographer's portrait, Dora Maas' portrait. So I think those are my favorite artworks. Okay. Tell me something about Mona Lisa. Tell me something about Mona Lisa. Okay. So it, it can be it can be defined as the uh, it can be defined as the uh, Italian Renaissance masterpiece uh, by Da Vinci. I think it's, it's a masterpiece. And of course, uh, there is uh, of course some. controversial uh, recent controversial claims about the original piece being fake and you know a lot of like yeah debates and uh, 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 you know theories go around floating about the piece but yeah i think yeah that's what comes to my mind when i think about marisa so sir if you could add a word to your dictionary to any dictionary what why would it be there and what would it mean i think i don't know uh it's a very interesting question but also a very challenging question i thought about i thought about the word and i always keep like mumbling words because uh uh 
I find it very challenging to remember new words and vocabulary. I always struggle to like, uh, uh, you know, get better at my vocabulary. So always like whenever I read also, I make a note of difficult words in a notebook. I have a habit of writing a journal. So I think, I don't know, sassister, is that a word? Sassister? I think about sassister sure. with the double S. So sassister would mean for me would be someone who is like, uh, uh, you know, he is very outward like you know someone who can you know uh, just who's who's very outwardly anxious but who's extremely calm and you know focused and someone who is very uh, yeah someone who's someone who can get the most difficult job done you know someone isn't you always hear about people who are kind of calm the outside but there's a storm going on inside so I think yeah. I, I reversed it someone who is anxious outside but can. I think that it also comes from, uh, I think, uh, from uh, people who work on the front lines in any profession, be it, like example, a medical professional, a trauma surgeon who, who would be like expected to think on, uh, you know, their foot at, the, at any given point of time about saving a yeah. person's life. So, yeah. Nice. So, according to you, what is the new technology which will transform the future? Or transform the world in general? I think artificial intelligence is going yeah. to take over our lives and it's also going to transform the way we live, where we eat, where we study, where we travel. So, yeah, that's one yeah. technology I like to read a lot about and also look forward to where it takes us. Like, there's a whole controversy about how robots will take over the world and human labor's extent. Exactly. So, sir, Use one word to describe your computer ability. One word. I think competent. I'm very competent at using computers. I'm not over, uh, I think overly uh, competent also. I am skilled and or competent, I would say, to do what, uh, what I'm required to do at work. I would, I would love to learn coding at some point in my life, not now. But yeah, programming and coding are something that my, yeah, or in a bucket list to learn at some point. So, so what is the least favorite type of music? It can be any. No, I don't have any least favorite kind of music. I love everything. I I have. I do not appreciate. Uh, I think I would. Uh, uh, I mean, a little. Uh, you might have a little reservations about uh, this, but uh, I I do not appreciate rock music of all types. I do listen yeah. to certain kinds of rock music, but not like a fan. But I wouldn't say it's my least favorite. I do not. I appreciate all and every kind of music. Rock music, it's a, it's it's again a little controversial to talk about. It's con- it's controversial to talk also because I think uh, there's a very I, that's what I know personally. I believe that you need a you need a taste. I think you need to uh, I think for to develop for any kind of genre that you listen. So yeah, from so since you've uh, since you've joined Gateway, I'm pretty sure you've been to a lot of field trips with us and uh, with your ex students as well. So, which is your least favorite memory about the trip? It's a little personal, but people wanted to know. Least favorite memory? Yes. For all the field trips, I think all have been best. Do I need to answer this question? Because I don't think so. I have any other, yeah. any least memory. I think all were exceptionally memorable. 
Okay, then you can tell us your most favorite one then. Most was, I think, uh, the Darewadi trip two years ago with my first IBCSE batch. Uh, I think it was in 2018, 2017 or 18. I think 17, I'm not sure. Ritam was on that trip, so I think 2000. I have been there twice with two different batches, but I think, yeah, I've enjoyed I both equally. I think 17, yeah. 17, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that was the most I, i the least if you ask me the least favorite was once we went for a movie festival in bombay to watch uh, some movies and i think i enjoyed the movies but because it was hot it was during the summer that was my least favorite and it was like some 60 minute travel within the city because of the traffic oh in summer that's a bit harsh so if you want a million dollars what would you buy a yacht a private island or an art studio or a museum Oh, do I have to answer among these four choices that you gave me? You can you can tell us from these four choices, and then you can. I think I would buy yeah. I would buy a museum because uh, museum is not uh, uh, something that would end after I buy it. You know, I can procure uh, expensive artworks in the world, and I can also resell them. You know, kind of uh, get my money to work, and also uh, multiply the money that I I'll have. So I think museum is a good investment. But apart from the money, I think, uh, yeah, it's an investment into culture and it's an investment into you know, uh, in you know something to do do for the public to open the pub mu- yeah. museum for the for the people. You know, I'm, I think more of like uh, uh, housing items of cultural importance and you know famous artworks is kind of a privilege. So yeah, definitely museum. So, and if, if not museum, then of course uh, uh, bitcoins. But I have been recommended by my financial advisor not to think about bitcoins. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it's a big mess. It's a mess. It's unpredictable. Yes, it is highly volatile. So, sir, are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea, of course. Tea. dog or a cat cat person although i love dogs i'm not too sure about my preference for cat but yeah like i've had bad instances with the cat the comments crash and stuff. no i think you i i i think you are a a cat person could be potentially be a dog person but you can't say the otherwise so uh, you know a lot of people have allergies to pets and especially to yeah. cats and i think uh, i i think for to to be a cat person i think you have to let go of things it's not so dogs are very dogs are some dogs are very i think uh, they they are very fond and they are very like affectionate cats yeah. are too but cats live a very independent life and you know you if you are willing to give them that independence to also i think coexist in a space where you both are independent and let go and not be controlling of their environments and not be controlling I think that can that I think that that is something that's I don't say needed, but yeah, that I think that that kind of environment is needed to have a cat. So, sir, what has been your lifelong dream? Well, my lifelong dream has been first to uh, drive a uh, Land Rover by by the time I'm forty, uh, and uh, of course. Uh, Uh, yeah, that's a personal dream, by the way. But I think uh, on a very uh, 
responsible adult way and uh, of course the car is also responsible that what am i saying no so i think uh, the personal aspiration is to drive a, a land rover but i think uh, uh, to do something for society and to be socially responsible i think i uh, want to be sponsoring someone's education uh, you know full education if someone uh, could benefit from that so to be in a position financially to do that uh thank you for your time sir it was nice talking to you and getting a story out to the whole likewise world. arnav likewise thank you so much for doing this and uh, i have got to learn a little bit more about myself through this hey guys i just wanted to let you know that mr abhishek's tip session is a little bit delayed and we'll be launching it as a bonus episode it's going to come out soon so just hang in there and wait for it hey guys make sure you like share and follow this podcast if you liked it